open your eyes. There's something more. It's the fuel behind every success story. It's the first few letters on a page. It is key to progress. Revealed by the Spirit, and without it, His people perish. What's your vision? Your city? Your nation? Technology? Culture? Or the arts? Vision for your life. Well, good morning. Good to see each one of you today. Awesome. You're looking great. Um, so happy to Bethany to meet your dad, Stephen Naylor, pastor at Hope Church. Hold on. I want you to hear the rest of this. Pastor at Hope Church in Japan. And he preached this morning and then flew over here. So he's already, you could do this every week. You could commute. So glad to have you with us. Heard so much about you. And, and uh, your daughter and son-in-law and kids are a blessing to us. So thank you very much for sharing. How many of you remember a childhood dream, a vision? Maybe it was a, a dream or a vision to play football. It was a dream to be a dancer, a dream to build a, a fort in the backyard. But you had a dream. Do you remember that? I want you to go back in your mind just for a moment and just pick up one of those childhood dreams. They might seem silly today, but they weren't silly at the time. And actually, they're not even silly today. Because God made you to be a visionary. You were created by Almighty God to see things that aren't there and make those things come to pass. And what happens in childhood is you don't think about limitations, do you? I mean, when a child goes to a toy store, there are no limits. We will buy the whole store. When a child goes to buy cereal, every cereal looks great. And they're just without limits. And that's what makes childhood so fun. But what happens in life is we lose the most essential elements of childhood in adulthood. We lose the vision, we lose the dreaming that God put in us, and we start to make excuses and we start to have reasons why we can't do something. We think about time, we think about money, we think about uh, our background, our intelligence, uh, our opportunities. We think about all those things, and yet if you go back into your childhood, because that's where faith really resides, isn't it, in this childlike faith, you begin to see things that aren't there. You begin to dream dreams that you never would have dreamed before. And I want to release you today to go back into childhood and begin to think like a child and dream like a child. Our purpose today is twofold. Number one is I want to release you to begin to dream again. If you're already dreaming, already casting vision, I want you to go to another level. Second thing is I want every one of you to sign up for the vision conference. Now, I want to tell you that in the first service, half the people there signed up for Vision Conference just this morning. So I know you can do better. Amen? 
right? Who is the superior group? The first one or you? Yeah, now you need to kill the flesh. All right, a bunch of ego people. All right, no. But anyway, what we want to do is we want you to be there for a reason because we believe that when you get around other visionaries, you cultivate in your spirit man the things that need to be cultivated. You rise up where you were fallen down. So as we begin to think about our life, our life really can point in one of three directions. And I want to talk about these today. Number one is you would say, my life is exciting. I can't wait for the future. I mean, when I think about my future, I just go crazy. I wake up every morning with a smile on my face, and I go, I can't wait to face today. Now, if you are in that world, then what you probably need is inspiration. And what I, the reason I say that is because if that is your day, even one day a week, one day a month, you've got to remember that everything in life is designed to pull that out of you. So we have to have a constant refeeding of inspiration and dreaming into our life. Otherwise, we kind become bankrupt. It's hard sometimes to maintain a, a solid, positive, vision-casting kind of life, isn't it? You know, people ask me all the time, like, as a pastor, who speaks into you? And, and I'll mention some names, and I'll talk about, you know, reading I do and, and things I listen to, and those inspire me. But I have to admit that it's hard sometimes when you're always giving and giving, and this has been a week where we've just given a lot, been a lot going on, and uh, you feel a little drained. And so what we want to do is we want to have a tool for you to pour back into you. Now, the second way that your life can point is what I call average. And that means it's really kind of marked by just kind of keeping track of time, and you'll have a couple of high points in your life and some low points. But overall, there's really not uh, an exciting dimension it, that, that's a part of your daily living. And what we want to do is we want to help you. We want to give you some tools so that you can find out how to move it from, let's call it that average time, to above average, to exciting, to moving into a new dimension of what God wants you for, wants for you. And then the third uh, way your life can point is sideways or in reverse. So you look at your life and you go, I remember when I had a great vision, or I remember when things were going well, and now I feel like I'm not making the progress. I'm just kind of going through motions. And you don't want it to be that way, but what you really need is help. People around you who inspire you. When I get around people who are inspiring and visionary, I can't help but get visionary. I just, it kind of rubs off on you. You know, you kind of go, yeah, me too. I, if you can do that, I can do that. So here's what I've learned about visionaries. And remember, you're all visionaries. Some of you have actually taken advantage of the visionary dimension of your life. And some are kind of waiting in the wings for that. But here's what I, I've learned about them. Visionaries live in between the extremes of life. They live between two extremes. And the one extreme, and I want to illustrate this on the board here. I encourage you, by the way, to take a picture of these because sometimes they kind of will stir you. So here's, this is you, right? Got it? And then I want you to think about two mountaintops. And this one here is now, and this is not yet. And the way that a visionary sees is like this. They'll see the now, but they're really looking toward the not yet. But what happens is they don't really see the valley, the obstacles. When you're in vision mindset, the obstacles are unimportant because your focus is on what will be. 
the not yet in your life. The now is important, but only as it lays the foundation for the not yet. So everything in the now is preparing you for success in the not yet. So you look at your now and go, I see what I have now. Look what's in front of me. Look at the tools. Look at the people. Look at the opportunities. And you begin to take an inventory. You begin to put your arms around those things. And you say, now, with the now that I have, look at the not yet I can have. And, you know, we get impatient. We think, well, you know, these mountains should be closer together and, and there's not as much valley here. No, there's always a valley. Sometimes it's short. Sometimes it's long. But you have to stick with your vision. You can't let it go. You might revise your vision. You might consult with other people and refine your vision. But don't give up on your vision unless you clearly know it's not of God. Don't let impossibility stop your vision. That's exactly why God gave you vision. Think about God. He's sitting in the universe. There is no heaven. There is no earth, so to speak, as we know it. And in the, he looks out. He peers out into the velvet blackness of the light, filled with a billion uh, lights that are, that are just filling the sky. And he thinks to himself, why not? And he creates heaven and earth, man, woman. He creates all the animals out of what? The word of his power. He spoke the word. And guess what? The creator has a creature who he made creative, and that's you. So let's think about the now sets up the not yet for success. I want to take you in the Bible. I want to show you the extremes that we talk about here in the visionary's life. In the, in the, the life of a prophet by the name of Elijah. So 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 1, Elijah the, uh, the Tishbite said to Ahab, so he's talking to the leader of the day there, and he says, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Now, that's a pretty bold statement. I mean, you better have the horsepower to back that statement up. Amen? He says, it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. God is bringing judgment on the land. He wants to get everybody's attention. So we're going to close up the windows of heaven in terms of rain, and we're not going to shower anybody with that blessing. He's living in the now. He says, if I set the now up right, the not yet is going to be amazing. I'm going to set it up. You say, well, I, I don't think I can make that pronouncement. I would advise you not to unless you have a clear word from God and a forwarding address. Amen? Because that's a pretty big and bold statement. So it says, it's not going to rain except at my word. Now let's fast forward, 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 41. Now, what we're going to see is, we saw the now, now we're going to see the not yet. Then Elisha said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink. There is the sound of the abundance of rain. Now, I want to keep this scripture up for a moment because I want you to see something here. In the Hebrew, that word sound there is the word voice. I did a little research on that word. So what he did was, there was no rain coming. He didn't hear it with the physical ear. He heard it in the spirit man. He said he heard the voice of God say the abundance of rain is coming. I did a little research on that word voice. It's also used in the book of Genesis where it says Adam walked in the cool of the garden and he heard the voice of the Lord God walking. Now, I've never heard a voice walking. I've heard a voice. I've heard people walk, but I've never heard a voice walking. And Hebrew scholars tell us that, that that is a description there of what we would equate in the New Testament 
of the Logos or the living word of God or the Son of God. In the, in the, the book of Genesis, in the garden, there is the eternal Son of God walking in the cool of the day, and Adam heard the voice of God walking. That same word is used over in uh, later in the book of Genesis where Abraham takes his only son Isaac to sacrifice him on the hill, on the mountain there. And when they get there, the, the knife is up, and all of a sudden he hears the voice of God saying, Abraham, Abraham, I know that you serve me. He heard the voice. That was the sound. And so I want you to see that Elisha wasn't operating on what he could see and hear in the natural realm. He was operating what he saw and he felt and he, and he heard in the spiritual realm. And this is critically important for vision. Because if you're going to get a vision from God, you've got to hear from God. Amen? Otherwise, you're ended up going in a vision for you. Now, you might have great success in a vision for you, but it's not all that God wants you to have because it'll only have a physical, natural payback. What you want is you want it to have both, amen? You want to see it do something in the world, but you want to see it do something in the eternal realm for your eternal rewards as well. So when you look at this story, it's not about the drought and it's not about the abundance, if you're not careful, you'll miss the story here because we think, well, it, he said it wasn't going to rain, it didn't rain. That's pretty crazy. And then it rained, and that's pretty crazy, but that's not what it's about. It's about the vision. You see, your vision is more important than the outcome because when you become a visionary, you learn how to cultivate vision, then you can apply it every day in your life to different situations. If it's only about the outcome and you get what you're looking for, you might grow satisfied with that thing that you received, but you would not grow in your capacity as a visionary. And that's the goal here. The goal is that every one of you in your professional life, you become better at what you do and more successful because you heard this message. The second benefit is the church becomes stronger in all of that. We, want, we believe that when you're happy and you're thriving in your personal and professional life, you become even more valuable to the kingdom of God and to this local church. But if you're not, if you're not doing that, then everything doesn't, you're not connecting with the message. It doesn't connect with real life. We want it to connect with real life, amen? That's the goal that we have here. So you have to shift your perception of you. See, right now, you look at yourself in a certain way. You see yourself in a certain way, and you might say, well, I'm not a visionary. I want you to shift that perception right now and say, I am a visionary. Would you say that with me? I am a visionary. So you're shifting your perception. Every time that old thought comes back, you're going to shift your perception. You're going to say, no, I am a visionary. When people say, what are you? I'm a visionary. You say, well, what vision do you have? I don't know. I'm, it's, on the, it's, on the, it's on the stove, and it's getting ready to come off. I'm telling you, I've got it. It's on the way. I know it's there. Just because you can't articulate it yet doesn't mean you're not a visionary. Amen? And it doesn't mean you don't have a vision. It doesn't mean God's not going to give you a vision in your life. So you have to shift your perception of you, and you have to listen to what your spirit man says to you. Now, here's what, what I want you to understand. There is the Holy Spirit who comes to live in your human spirit. So you have a spirit man, a capacity to hear from the Holy Spirit. What you want to do is you want to listen carefully. What are you saying to me? Sometimes the Spirit of God will say to you something in your spirit man, sometimes in the Word of God. Sometimes he's going to speak to someone around you. They're going to speak to you and go, wait a minute, I think that was of God. 
Sometimes it's even going to be in your environment. You're going to see a picture or circumstance, and you're going to go, wow, I think God's trying to get my attention in this situation. What do I need to do? Write it down. I keep my voice memo going all the time. I'm just, when I'm driving, God's speaking to me, I'm putting it down. I don't know if it's applicable or not, but I always date it. I go back, I can look and go, wow, I think this is that, that the Spirit of God spoke to me in that particular situation. We talk about uh, the gut response. I like to do this uh, informal uh, kind of questionnaire with men. I say, how often is your, your gut feelings right? And most men will tell me about 90% of the time. And if I push them, they'll say, well, really, it's more like 100%. Do you know that that gut feeling that you have is not something that's just a part of the natural man. It's part of the created dimension that God has in you as a creature. I believe before man fell that that gut response we had would work in perfection in every situation. When you couple that up with the wisdom that comes from God, the spirit of God, the truth of God, it becomes really, really powerful in your daily life. Now let me show you the next thing, and that is about opportunities. Opportunities are prepared by diligence. Diligence. Opportunities don't come because you want them to come. Opportunities come because you have prepared the way by diligence. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't, I'm not a fan of ants. I don't mean ants and uncles. I mean the little crawly things that walk around. You know, and, and here in Anaheim Hills, you know, some people call it Antaheim Hills because we seem to have so many ants. And, you know, ants just kind of show up out of nowhere. They find a crumb. I, I don't see a crumb. How, how did they show up with that crumb? And then all of a sudden they tell all their buddies. And then they get in a straight line and they follow their aim toward the crumb. That's not there because I can't see the crumb, right? And they're so diligent and they just keep working and working and working. And you can, you can kind of wipe them out and, you know, spray them down. And, you know, they find a new route and they come back to the crumb. They're so diligent. The Bible says about diligence, it says, have you considered the ant? If you ever just stop and watch ants work for a while, it's pretty amazing. There's no supervisor. You don't see an ant out there. You know, one guy's got a white helmet on. He's, you know, over here, gentlemen, over here. We, we got to fly 2 o'clock. They never do that. And then they, they never seem to complain about the workload. You see one little, little uh uh, ant, and he's got a fly on his back, and he's coming down. He's, he's going to the queen. He's taking the ant. He's taking the fly to the queen, right? And it's not like he's stopping and goes, too much. Can't do it. You don't see ants sitting around, you know, laying on their side resting. I've never seen an ant rest in my life. You ever seen an ant rest? You know, just kind of kicking back, head up on a little particle of dirt, you know, arms folded, just having a good time. No, ants don't do that. And it says to, here's what it says, hey, old sluggard. This is what God says. Have you considered the ant? Diligence will bring opportunity to you. Always. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 42, Elijah went up to the top of Carmel be Carmel if he was from Southern California. Then he bowed down to the ground. He put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. Now what's really interesting about this is that he heard the sound of rain in his spirit man. It was not raining. Then he had a, a coordinate where he was supposed to look to. I want you to look toward the sea. How did he know the cloud was going to be at toward the sea, because God spoke to him about the cloud in his spirit man, in the sound, in the voice that came from God. He said, all right, I want you to look toward the sea. So he went up and he looked and he said, there's nothing. 
You ever had your vision do that? You got this big vision, you're emotionally amped, your mind's running in every direction, and you just, you just know it's around the horizon, and you look, and there is nothing. And most times we quit. We stop right there. We don't pursue that vision at all. He said, so he went up and he looked, and he said, there is nothing. And Elijah said, seven times, go again. I want you to go back to your vision. But it's not happening. Go back to your vision. I don't see anything. Go back to your vision. Do you really think that hitting this is going to be simple? If it were simple, everybody would do it. Say, I got a vision from God tomorrow. Poof. Look at there. It's amazing. No, no accomplishment. No. You see, sometimes the valley is a lot wider than you think it is. It takes you more time, but it's all for a purpose and for a reason. It says there's nothing. And seven times he said, go again. You know, Elijah goes up on the mountain, and he puts his head between his knees. He's closing out all other voices. You see, when all it takes sometimes is one person to say, there's nothing, and you lose all your hope. You have to stop listening to other voices. You have to listen to the Spirit of God. What's the Spirit of God saying? And then you want to stay close to visionaries. You know, people that are, are visionaries and people that are dreamers, you know, they are inspiring, right? I mean, I, I get around somebody and I go, wow, you know, I, I didn't have anything going right now, and now I feel so excited and I want to do something and I want to accomplish something and I want to do this and I want to do that because they inspired me. They breathed life back into my life. And that's the kind of thing we want to do is we want to have people breathing life back into us. So we're going to stay close because they're going to help us cultivate vision. So this vision conference, remember I said there's two goals. One is to renew your vision. Number two is to get every one of you to sign up for the vision conference before you leave today. We put uh, wheel locks on all the cars. <laughs> Let me give you an overview. I was talking to staff this week about the vision conference, and, and I asked this question, who does that? And I started thinking about our speakers. I was just kind of informally kind of kicking this out. And so I just want to start with Matthew Barnett. Matthew Barnett moves from Arizona, and he has a dream to start a church and to buy a hospital, an abandoned hospital, and start a humanitarian movement with a church alongside of it. And I asked myself, who does that? And now thousands upon thousands of people go through the Dream Center. They're rehabilitated, they're educated, they're trained, they find Jesus. Who does that? Do you realize how important to be in a situation where that person is going to speak to you about personal vision? How about uh, Dominic Russo? Dominic Russo at 20 years old says to himself, you know, I think I want to start a movement, a mission movement, unlike any other. I want to build it around this one verse, can a nation be, be uh, built in a day? What would happen if we had the largest mission movement ever go into a country and for one week, and then culminate in one day, they could change the whole nature of that nation. And I think, who does that at 20 years old, and now he's 30 years old, but who, who goes in and meets with the president of three different Latin American countries, where they've had three of these meetings, and says to them, I want you to declare a national holiday so that everybody can come to the crusade and not have to go to work, and they all three do it. Who does that? Who says to that, uh, that, those presidents and says, you know, what I want you to do is give me three hours of free television, state-sponsored TV, to, to broadcast the crusade. I want you to give us all free 
uh, cargo into here with no tariffs so that we can, we can absolutely do humanitarian aid and we can train people on every area. And we promise you that by the time this is done, we will transform your nation in a week. Honduras is a great example. Murder capital of the world is a country. Uh, after the crusade, the murder rate dropped in half and it's still declining. The only explanation is one week of crusade. Who does that? I go on, Josh Hotzenpeller, that's our son, and, and he goes to school to be a youth pastor, gets a degree, and then starts a church down in San Diego, and then says, wait a minute, I've got an idea for software. He has no background in tech. He couldn't even pick up his socks in high school. He says, wait a minute, I've got an idea, and he begins to launch this. He ends up having an app that trends number one for three days straight worldwide. Has software, he does, he does software solutions for GoPro, Kaiser Hospital, I mean, you name it. And then finally captures a, the third software company where now he does all the global training for the, the top tier leadership for the United Nations. Who does that? If you're around people like that, they're going to they're gonna rub off on you. You say, well, I can't do that. That's not your dream. You're supposed to do your dream. Other people's dream inspire your dream. How about Os Guinness? Os Guinness uh, is, uh, you may recognize the name, the brewing family, the Guinness beer. And it was his sixth-generation back, sixth back grandfather who came up with an idea to brew beer in Ireland, but not for money, but for missions. He said, what would happen if I could produce an, an inordinate amount of money and fuel missions, and he fueled missions in uh, China. In fact, he is, one of their relatives was married to Hudson Taylor's daughter, and he began a, a movement there, and then all of a sudden, guess what? Oz's parents, they moved to China, 1940. Uh, they're there as missionaries, and they stay all the way through World War II until they're ex expo uh, uh, expelled by the communists in 1951. And he comes out of that situation. He's so shaped by the culture. He says, what would happen if I could become a cultural influence? He goes to Oxford, gets a Ph.D., and now has written about 40 books, and he is the leading cultural expert in the world. He's going to be here. Do you think you could benefit from that? Who does that? Let's keep going. Brock Shannon is our entertainment inter, uh, attorney. He, uh, he represents almost every Christian artist that I know of. It's amazing. And yet he's also this brilliant connector of how do I connect the kingdom of God with what's going on in the marketplace. You can benefit from that. Who does that? Caitlin Crosby, our friend for many years, um, she's driving down the road. She had taken a key accidentally from a from a hotel room, and she forgot it, and she's driving around the road, and God gives her a vision. She's already an actress and a singer-songwriter. She looks, and she sees a homeless couple sitting on the side of the road. She says, wait a minute. She turns a car, comes back around, and says, hey, do you want to be my business partner? Who does that? Who asks homeless people to be their business partner? She is inspired by a dream. She says, I'm going to employ all homeless people to make giving keys, which is now in over 2,000 retail outlets, just opened their own store in L.A., who does that? Now they've taken just this year 18 families off of homelessness and transitioned them into living. Thousand. Who does that? Remember, her background was not marketing. Her background was not keys. It was not employing homeless people. She had a vision, and she acted on her vision. Who does that? Madeline Carroll, the star of, of I Can Only Imagine. She has all these childhood roles. She begins to, to rise in this, in this 
Hollywood scene, and then at 20 years old, she's offered a lead in a superhero uh, movie, and she says, I'm not going to do it because it doesn't line up with my values as a Christian. The next year, she's offered the lead role in I Can Only Imagine, a movie that was made for $7 million and grossed $80 million, over $80 million at the box office and impacted thousands upon thousands of people. Who does that? You can be here for that. Do you think they're going to rub off on you? I think they will. If you think the vision conference is not for you, you need to wake up because God is using, putting a tool in your hand that's going to be amazing. You see, here's what we need. We need an emotional connection with the future. We remember what we feel more than we remember what we hear. When you feel it, you remember it. And so what happens is when you get in an environment where your emotions can connect with your brain, you remember those things far more powerful. Well, I'm just going to watch online. That's not going to be the same. In fact, we're not even going to broadcast it online so that we don't give you that privilege. How's that? Let me show you what, what happens here. First Kings, rest of the story. First Kings chapter 18, uh, verse uh, 44. Then it came to pass the seventh time. Do you see it there? It came to pass the seventh time he said, there is a cloud. The servant's excited now. I could almost hear him go, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing. Seventh time he goes out and goes, there is a cloud. There is a cloud. It's as small as a man's hand. Okay, now just keep that up there. I want you to see the scripture. There is a cloud. So when you begin to think about that, that's all he saw. So I did a little research on that word cloud. Guess what that word cloud is? Is glory. There is some glory rising above the sea. Oh, it didn't look like a rain cloud. It was a glory cloud. You see the glory cloud? It's rising just where you said it would. But it's just a little one, just the size of a hand. You see, you see, the servant didn't even know it because he didn't have enough vision yet. He saw it, it's just a little one like a hand, and Elijah, he translates that into, that's it. That's what I've been waiting for. I don't need a big cloud for a big rain. You don't need a big vision for a big vision to occur. I see a little cloud over there. It's the size of a man's hand. He says, oh, okay, here's what you do. You go down and you tell Ahab, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot. Go down before the rain stops, uh, stops you. Now, it happened in the meantime, the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. He said, Ahab, you better get out of here quick because that heavy chariot is going to bottom out in the mud. See, this didn't start when he saw the cloud. This, is, this started when he heard the voice. When he heard the voice, he said, that's it. These things were just adding on to it. These were just moving down this road. You see, because if we took this same picture, what we do is vision often looks like this. It's in little segments. You'll see a little bit more. You'll see a little bit more. You get a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. All of a sudden, he says, then there was a heavy rain. It doesn't say there was it rained. It was a heavy rain. Now, we, we'd like to see a heavy rain in California, amen? But see, this was a heavy rain. Big drops were coming, and, and he says, get out of here. And Ahab said, you know, I have learned this prophet's on mark pretty much of the time, so we're going to go ahead and get out of here. And he rides his chariot out of there. You see, and the message here is don't give up on the vision. You give up too soon. Seven times, seven times. He says, go back, go back, go back. And when you see it in your spirit, man, call it out in your natural man. I see it. Now you start talking about it. 
Well, what if I'm wrong? So you've been wrong before. When did that ever stop you from talking? Amen? But when you start to see stuff in here, you see you have to, you have to develop this art. You have to develop this skill of hearing your spirit, of casting vision. Nobody wakes up one day and just this great visionary. They cultivate that. They go back to childhood. They said, you know, I had great dreams then. I'm going to start calling it out. You see, miracles are bigger than they appear. And this is a key. We'll see a miracle in our life. We go, this was a miracle. No, it's always bigger than it appears. Let me give you an example. One of our founding members, board member, now on our external board, lives in Boston now. Uh, they adopted a little girl because they couldn't get pregnant. And just precious little girl, but they put a prayer request in the prayer wall. And they said, we're going to put a prayer request in that prayer wall because we'd like to have more children. We'd like to have a house full of children. And wouldn't you know, she gets pregnant. And now they have their second. Then they have their third. And they have their fourth. And they just had twins. They're up to six. He asked me, please take the name out of the prayer wall. I said, no, the Lord's told me you're supposed to have a dozen. The miracle is not that they have children. That sounds like the miracle. The miracle is those children have a testimony of a miracle who they will pass on to their children's children, and the miracle will go on and reach further and further than you could ever imagine. You see, your miracle, while it may seem small to you, it's going to impact people around you in such a way that you will influence generations to come by a miracle, by a vision, by a dream. Never give up on your dream. Never give up on your vision. You never know what God is going to do. You see, small clouds, small clouds produce heavy rain. Small clouds. You got a small cloud in your life? You see a little evidence of something happening here? Uh, it's not much. Don't ever say it's not much. Never despise the day of small beginnings. Never say it's not much. You, you just, just cultivate it. Do you see any small clouds coming? If you look, you can see them. If you listen, you can hear the sound of his voice. You can hear the voice of rain. You can hear the sound of rain in your, in your spirit, man, if you listen real carefully. Or you've got to lean in a little bit. You've got to listen real carefully. Just lean into it. You see, keep looking. I don't see anything. Keep looking. I still don't see anything. Keep looking. You see, you may be nearer than you think. Don't quit. Don't quit. I said the goal was twofold today. Number one, I wanted you to be inspired to be a visionary. I hope I've accomplished that in your life. If I move the gauge 1%, then I accomplish what I set out to do. If I moved it 100%, I'm thrilled. The second one, I want you to sign up for Vision Conference. Why? I think I've told you why. Unless you want to hear the message again, that's why. I want you to think about it. Businesses spend thousands and thousands of dollars to take their employees and to send them to conference. And I guarantee you, they're not any better than what we're giving you. I mean, these are massive things. Think about it. You say, well, I can't come. I'm out of town. I just had a family say, we're going on a cruise. And I said, we'll cancel it. They said, well, we'll lose $10,000. I said, it's cheap. Just do it. I said, I'll write you a check out of a bad account. But seriously, you say, I can't come. I literally can't come because I have something. 
Are you sure? You sure you can't come? They said, well, I got friends coming over. They ought to come to the vision conference. What would happen at the end of the day? They said, you know what? Thank you so much for taking us to vision conference. We didn't want to go. We felt like we got drug into it. But now we see what, what God did in our life, and it's amazing. Friday night, you say, I can't come to all of it. Friday night is Influence Music. We're going to reveal new songs. They're going to be on album number two. Uh, Saturday, all day, speakers. That's a key day for you. Come on Saturday. Be a part of that. You'll hear all the speakers we've mentioned. They'll all be packed in on Saturday. It'll be a blessing to you. I promise it'll be a blessing to you. So if you can't be there, absolutely cannot be there, there's no way, then buy tickets for someone else and say, hey, I want you to go to the Vision Conference. I want you to go. How many of you fired up, ready to go to the Vision Conference now? Amen? So sign up today before you lose the inspiration and go back to Mark and Time. Amen? All right, let's stand together. I want to pray over you. Heavenly Father, as we pray, we pray, God, we just pray, vision will just overflow on every person in this room. Dreams and goals will just be revealed by the Spirit. God, I pray that, uh, that, that the one who came in discouraged about not seeing their vision, God, will now have a new excitement, a new energy, a new power that comes from you to say, I can do that in the name of Jesus. Right now, I want you just to think about laying claim to what God has put in your heart. Let God do it through you. Amen? Amen. Father, I pray blessings. I pray favor. I pray joy and great inspiration over every person in this room. And I pray, Father, that as we encounter you in this vision conference, God, that we're going to go up tenfold from where we are today, that we're going to be so inspired that our households are going to change, that our families are going to change, that our future is going to change, that our church is going to change, that, God, we're going to do great things and mighty things for you that we would not even believe if you told us today. But you're going to do it in us and through us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.